You're listening to the Church of the Redeemer Sermon Podcast. Join us at our 10 a.m. worship gathering in Alcoa, Tennessee. Visit us at churchotr.com for more info and to hear other sermons in this series. We just want to spend four weeks looking at all different kinds of prayer in our life and what God might be inviting us into in that. Our last scripture reading this morning comes from Mark chapter 9, where a father wants his son to be healed of a demonic possession, and the disciples can't cast the demon out, and this is the, one of the more well-known ex- prayers that a father prays on behalf of his son because the demon is just racking this guy's life, and Jesus says, hey, look, I can do this. I can do this, and the man's like, I believe, help my unbelief. So we're actually going to pick up Mark 9 in the middle, chapter 9, Mark 9, chapter, chapter 9, verse 25. And when Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out. And the boy was like a corpse, so that most of them said, He is dead! But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, This kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. This is the gospel of Christ. In an attempt to be healthy and strong, many people work out. Some people try it and fall out of the habit and get easily discouraged. Some people are intrinsically motivated and don't mind working out alone and cultivate the discipline over time. Some people prefer the accountability of a personal trainer or a workout group like with CrossFit or F3. I think what we can all agree on, though, is that working out is not something you're born with. Maybe you came from a family of origin that taught you hard work, or maybe you played sports so much growing up that the discipline was cultivated in you. But nobody is born with this desire for discipline in working out. And I think the same is true by analogy to prayer. It's just not a natural instinct to give a lot of discipline to prayer. Uh, yeah, I think, sure, when things are bad or the chips are down or the, the, the classic, you know, prayer in the trench, yeah, we'll, we'll talk to God. But prayer as a discipline, like working out, it's not instinctual for us. But in doing so, there is a lot of power, power that is cultivated in us and also power that we receive. So this morning I want to look at the power, prayer is the power to be delivered, prayer is the power to be healed, and prayer is the power to be. I promise this won't be a long sermon, so go along for the ride with me. First, prayer as a power to be delivered. We can ask for deliverance to God in any area of our life. In the Psalms, we looked at uh, Psalm 4. In verse 1, King David asks for deliverance from God's silence. He said, answer me. Sometimes that's the way God feels to us. We don't feel like he's talking. So we say, deliver me from your silence. In verse 2 of Psalm 4, Jesus, uh, sorry, David feels the enemy's taunting him and he feels put to shame and he cries out twice, how long will I have to endure this? So he wants to be delivered from shame. In verse 3, he trusts that the Lord will hear him when he, when he calls Sometimes our prayers aren't always answered immediately, and David doesn't necessarily think that his prayer will be answered immediately, but sometimes when God hearing us is good enough of a deliverance. In Mark 9, 29, the disciples can't cast the demon out, 
And Jesus says, sometimes these things can only be done by prayer. So they're, they're dealing with a demonic possession. I don't know what you need to be delivered from this morning. God, silence, shame, demonic power, anything. But God invites our bold requests for deliverance. You will gain power by working out this spiritual muscle, and God wants you to grant you power to be delivered as well in his own timing. What stops us from praying like this? I think self-assurance, a competence that we don't need to ask for something, we can just do it ourselves. This is something I'm often guilty of. There's also self-respectability. Oh, you know, I don't, I'm too good. I don't need to ask for help. That's beneath me. There's also ignorance. I think this is common. If competence, self-respectability are things that stop us from asking for deliverance, I think ignorance is a big one in our life. We become so, so busy moving on from activity to activity, from screen entertainment to screen entertainment. We don't wrestle with the challenging things in our lives and we just pretend they don't exist. And so we choose ignorance instead of asking God for deliverance. Well, how do we grow in asking God for the power to be delivered? How do we introduce more strain into our lives? Here's one idea. What if you spent a few minutes every week writing down every single frustration in your life, large or small? And as you recounted them, you just felt yourself saying over and over and over again a prayer. Help. Help, God. If you just took the time out, you would overcome the obstacle of ignorance by just actually writing things down. This is really frustrating me. Help me, God. Another strategy to grow in your asking for deliverance would be the spiritual discipline of fasting. I hate fasting, and I love food. Amen? That's right. I, and that's, that's one of the reasons to do it, because it introduces strain into your life in such a way that every time I feel the hunger pangs, I'm like, God, help me. Help me. Whatever I'm dealing with in my life today, give me, give me this day your daily bread, my daily bread. The, the hunger pangs remind me that I need God and I need to ask for help. Another strategy may be remembering the past. Like we just did this morning, remembering the past. David in Psalm 4.1 is confident that God will answer because God has answered in the past. And how often do we just stop and say, God, this is what you've done in the past. I trust you can do it again. Would you do it again? These are all ways to help us ask for God's deliverance in any area we need deliverance from. Prayer is the power to be delivered. Secondly, prayer is also the power to be healed. Prayer is the power to be healed. Healing is a kind of deliverance on its own, but I want to look at it more specifically from James 5. In James 5.13, James sets up a common example for us. Is anyone sick? And if so, his prescription to what to do next is not share it with a friend and maybe hopefully they'll pray for you when you're not around. That's not the strategy. Actually, what he lays out is a church strategy. Hey, get the leaders of the church together. Get elders. Get, do very human things like have oil and human touch and lay hands and pray for people. It's very, very human. And then in verse 15, James says, the prayer of faith will save someone. Now, this is the, prayer, uh, this is the faith of the church leader, not the prayer of the person being healed. Now, is James guaranteeing healing in every circumstance? Well, yes and no. There is a type of healing that James is guaranteeing. Uh, In verses 15 through 16, he's talking about the guarantee of healing, but he's intertwining that with prayers of confession and forgiveness, saying, hey, if if you need to confess your sin, you will be healed of that too. God grants forgiveness. Now, he's not saying that every physical ailment we have is because of sin in our lives. That's not true. 
Rather, he's saying, we can, because we can pr- completely rely on God's saving faith in Jesus, we can also rely on the prayers of the church. In God's own timing, he might heal. And he will definitely heal in eternity with new bodies. So God may or may not heal in this life, but you can, you can rely on it like you can rely on the forgiveness of God. So what can we do about it? One, we have elders and deacons who are up here praying during communion every week. And I invite you to come down and ask for healing of any kind. Forgiveness of sins, uh, the healing of an ear infection, or a major surgery. That's what they're here for. The elders and deacons are going to come and they're going to pray boldly for you. And I invite you to have the courage to step up and say, I'm just asking for help. I'm asking for healing. Next thing is, you might not know, we have a church prayer chain. You can find it through our church website or the church weekly email. And if you need prayer for anything, there's about 30 adults who said, I'm signing up, I want to pray for people. And if you type in a prayer request, it automatically emails all those people. And even if half of those people are praying for you, that's pretty good. Prayers is the power to be healed. And sometimes we just need to ask. Last, prayer is the power to be. It's the power to be delivered, the power to be healed, and also just the power to be in Christ. At the beginning of James 5, verses 13 and 14, there's three successive questions with the first and third sounding similar. Is anyone suffering? Is anyone cheerful? Is anyone sick? And what James is doing there by wrapping cheerfulness around sickness and suffering is to say that's the high and the lows of life and then everything in between. And what's the response that James gives to each question? Pray! Which means any circumstance of life is a matter of prayer that you can take to God. All the highs and the lows and all the mundane and everything in between. Because for the Christian, if you're really a Christian, the definition of a Christian is somebody whom the Holy Spirit indwells inside of them. And that means that the Christian is always dwelling, being in God. And the only difference is whether the Christian is aware of it or not. Prayer as the power to be is the fact that our whole life becomes a prayer because Christ's whole life is prayer. When Christ says in the passage of healing here, he says, hey, look, sometimes exorcism only happens by prayer. The curious thing is he didn't pray in the passage because his whole life is prayer. Christ, as God the Son, is always in communion with God the Father. By the power of God the Holy Spirit, his whole life is prayer and Christians have access to that. Whether you know it or not, if you are a Christian, you are always praying. This is what Romans 8 says. You don't even know what to pray. The Holy Spirit intercedes on your behalf. What otherwise couldn't be heard by God the Father because otherwise we'd be sinful beings trying to approach a holy God. Because of the Spirit living in us, because of Christ's perfect work on our behalf, all prayer gets heard by God the Father, whether we're praying or not. The difference is, some of us are aware of it. And some of us aren't. Prayer is the power to be. To know that we, can, we are always in the presence of God. And so our whole life can be a matter of prayer. That is prayer that is powerful. Because of Christ's life and death for you. Because of the Spirit's indwelling and the Father's loving gaze upon you. The life of power through prayer is accessible to you. Let me pray. Our Father, we need your power, the power that the Spirit gives us to simply be with you and even to ask for help. 
wherever we may need that in our lives. Would you give us the humility to ask for help wherever we need it? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you can join us next week. God bless and have a great week.